All right, you. Today we're going to take your life. For me, for all the people, and for my dead parents. Brother, you let me take care of him! Lady, do you know what happens to anybody who tries to resist us? Hmm, I know. You will die. Greetings, listeners. You have just entered the 36th Chamber of Glorio, our new Kung Fu movie podcast. I don't know if that's going to be the actual title, but we need one for now. So I think we're going to roll with that. Yeah, we've decided to uh, pivot from anime. Uh, Anime just was not bringing in the numbers like it used to. So we've decided to go into the much more lucrative um, 70s and 80s Shaw Brothers uh, recap podcast. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yeah, so if you have uh, the Galactic Heroes, it's all about <laughs> the Shaw brothers. Yep, so <laughs> if you haven't seen the big announcement, uh, the Gloria blog is no longer doing anime. We have quit watching or reviewing. All other podcasts are canceled. We are strictly Kung Fu movies now. So, okay, so, okay but I've got a question. You were never clear on this. Like, does Tokusatsu still count or? Uh, only if it's uh, Super Inframan. Okay. Yeah. So. Maybe we'll talk about that someday, but everything else is canceled. This is what we do now. So sorry, anime fans. Thank you for your support, but we've moved on. Um, (laughs) Okay, so um, I guess for a little bit of context, uh, we've been watching a lot of kung fu movies over the past two or three months here. Yes, uh, that you could certainly <laughs> pri- primarily spurred on. Well, there are a couple of reasons, but primarily spurred on by there was a marathon on Twitch recently of. The the Shaw Brothers movies from the 70s and 80s, which um, I think, you know, we're kind of familiar with like the 90s on. So like, you know, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Donnie Yen, that kind of stuff. But I, I, I know I personally is not super familiar with kind of the more of the history, like the 70s, 80s stuff. And yeah, uh, I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, G. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, even as kind of like resident, you know, uh, kung fu movie lover, you know, on the you know, on the chat. Uh, my only familiarity with like pre eighties really was Bruce Lee and, you know, some of Jackie Chan's very early work. Talking master uh, one type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I guess, uh, uh, 36 chambers, you know, the kind of like the kind of eponymous, like this is the Kung Fu movie to watch, you know, from the 1970s. So I had watched those, but otherwise, my familiarity with uh, pre-80s kung fu movies was actually pretty sparse until we uh, decided to embark on this Twitch marathon. Right. And, uh, yeah, I did, I, and I didn't even connect until we started watching 36 Chambers is actually a Shaw Brothers production. And uh, coincidentally directed by the man who directed this movie that we're going to talk about today. So uh, we... Basically, I guess how this is going to work is we're, we're going to we pick a movie and we're going to kind of walk through the plot, hit the fights, and then just give kind of our overall impressions. And uh, the movie we have chosen to discuss today is My Young Auntie. This is which is direct- a hell of a title. Yes. So this is directed and written by and also starring uh, Lau Kar Lung, who. Uh, is a I guess I'm, I've been learning all of this, but I guess he is a legendary kung fu movie director. Um, 
and uh, also stars uh, Kara Hui, who is um, who plays. Well, we'll go through the the, the three stars here. Uh, Kara Hui, who plays Jing Dainan, aka the auntie in the title. Uh, Lao Kar Lung plays uh, Yu Jing Shun. Uh, most of the movie, he's referred to as Daddy by his son, so I've been calling him Pops. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been calling him Uncle, but I guess uh, there's a lot of uncles. So there are I, a lot of uncles. So yeah, maybe it doesn't quite. <laughs> I've never a doubt. Technically, he's. I mean, technically, he would be nephew in this scenario. I don't know, but oh uh, yeah, good point. There's I a guess. lot of yeah. There's a, we'll get into all that. I've been calling him Pops though. Yeah, and then uh, also starring. Um, Shoho as his son Ato, or as he calls himself, uh, Charlie Yu. Yes, and uh, yeah, so uh, you know, like we mentioned, you know, he's kind of a legendary director. Uh, I learned a lot about uh, Kara Hui, who ends up, who I guess ended up being a really big name in Hong Kong movies, not just in kung fu uh, films. And kind of impressed, she's been working nonstop since the seventies, even up to like now i mean based on this movie she has fucking acquitted herself quite well in uh at least this genre anyways you know uh yeah you know, uh, some really impressive stuff from her in this movie but yeah uh, and we'll, the, we'll get to that later and and the, the, the this group would kind of work together on quite a few kind of kung fu classics i guess but uh this was their this was her big breakout role apparently so oh wow um yeah uh, so speaking is- of, I just realized while you're introducing their names, have you introduced us or is that just – are we not doing that for this podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe we should do that. Okay. So uh, uh, look, I'm to keep, as much as we're doing this as a bit, we if we're going to – if we're putting this much effort into recording an actual fucking podcast for this stupid joke, we sure. should at least do it properly. So, so for those of you not familiar with the sounds of our voice uh, at this point, uh, I am – I'm Jell. I guess uh, I'll be playing the role of the old master guy who dies midway through the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so also joining, uh, you may have heard uh, G. Yo, yo. I will be playing the role of... I'm probably the guy who, like, gets a really good fight, like, in the middle of the movie. Like, I'm not the main character. I'm like a... I'm like a... I'm like a I'm like a one scene villain who like has a really distinctive fighting gimmick and then I die after that fight but everybody's like man remember that one fight with the dude who no, you like know, busted out the such and such you know you know you'd be like G, you'd be like the like if there's like the the main the main helper guy to the protagonist who sets up who sacrifices himself to get the final blow on the uh, oh yeah on the, on yeah the, so I'm like, so I'm, like I, I'm like a what's his name from that one movie Big Bro yeah I, oh, what, I don't remember which one that was but <laughs> yes that one awful kung fu movie yeah, that has who, nothing to do with the one we're talking about now yeah so so, so you'd be you'd, you'd be setting up Iroh, who's also on the podcast to get the final blow oh, on the. Uh, if on anything, the I'm the guy who gets killed by the villain in the first two minutes to prove <laughs> he's a bad dude. Uh-oh, so basically, none of us are main character material. That's uh, that's problematic. <laughs> well, maybe maybe in this movie, in this movie, the old guys are the ones holding it down. So yeah, I, I, that's I true. Do, I might do well in this one. So yeah, good point. So um, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, like I said, we'll kind of walk through the, the general plot points in the movie and talk about the fights. And so, uh, the movie kicks off with a bit of a flashback to give us a explanation on the, the very intriguing title. 
Yeah, like you neglected to mention that when we watched this on stream, uh, it's part of a double feature of My Young Auntie and Dirty Ho <laughs> back to back, which uh, raised a couple of eyebrows. I mean, once we I mean, to- watched those movies, I think we realized like, oh, okay, I mean, Hope was a man to start off with. Yes, I, but uh, I mean, was definitely that, intentional? I think the would that you they think that was intentional by uh, it was of Gamma, it was. Oh, uh, definitely. Gamma, uh, Gamma Ray TV. I guess shout out to them. They're the ones that put on the marathon. So you think that was yeah. the intentional title choice? I mean, hey, I think got, so. It got us to watch, right? I was like, all I mean, right. They I to- they, uh, they also did a double feature of what Crippled Avengers and Masked Avengers. Yeah. So you so, know they're you know I they think know they're, they're, they're definitely do they they definitely had had an intent. When they put my young auntie and dirty Ho together, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could argue it's also the same director and couple and some of the overlapping cast, but uh yes, hey, it worked we we watched them right i yeah. saw i I saw that double header was like, I need to see what that's about <laughs> and uh so what is it about? How did we end up with uh, a a young auntie here so um Movie kicks off with a little bit of a flashback to explain the premise. It's a very kung fu movie premise, I think. <laughs> where, yeah. Where uh, we have this old man who we'll refer to as Second Uncle, who's super rich, and he's sick and about to die. And his younger brother, who we'll call Third Uncle, who's the villain, is like, man, I can't wait till you croak so I can take all your money. <laughs> it's very it's very like in your face like he's like, like he, he's not there's no like scheme here or anything he's like oh no, no. <laughs> like like usually in these kinds of movies right the villain is like oh second uncle i'm so sad about your passing but don't worry i'll take care of your assets and your young wife no he's just like man it's gonna be so great when you die <laughs> yes because as it turns out, Second Uncle does not have a legitimate heir. Yeah, yeah. he does. And, ha- uh, he does and, happen uh, to have they, a uh, a young lady that he's raised as his own daughter, though. And yes. so the the plan is he he legally marries her right before he dies to protect his assets, and he he gives her the task of going to find his nephew because he knows his nephew is a good man who will take care of her, and he's strong enough to protect his estate. Right, and we do want to point out, like, I mean, it doesn't really matter that much, but in the familial line, this nephew is the son of first uncle. But, uh, right. I don't know, was this, was this a subtitling thing? Because here's the thing, I only watched this in the original Cantonese. I know that the, the Twitch marathon, I actually I actually missed this on it was Twitch. Dubbed, yeah. It was dubbed, But in the original subs, they say that first uncle just disappeared. Like, I, I don't remember, because I like, don't know don't if that say, was really I, relevant at all of the plot, so I kind of right. I think it I think they just say something like first uncle isn't around, but they didn't say he was dead. Like they just say he's like he just apparently fucked off and was never seen again. But his son, uh, the nephew in this situation, is around. So yeah, I got the impression he was dead because the the that la- that layer of uncles. Because we'll talk about the next layer of uncles later. Sure, good point. <laughs> but but like like the like second uncle and third uncle are supposed to be like really old. Because yeah. as we find out later, his nephew is supposed to be like what is he supposed to be like in maybe his fifties or something like that. Like that's what sure, my impression. Yeah. So you know, if that's the case, then they're going to be like in their seventies or something. So they're supposed to be like actual old people. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's kind of the setup that we get to, uh, which is a very kung fu movie setup. I feel like it would be you could play that as a serious setup in other movies, but in this case. Uh, 
as we'll find out. This is a bit more of a lighthearted movie. Um, and uh, so that kind of takes us into the opening credits, which is always important in a Kung Fu movie because we get some kind of crazy exhi- exhibition or something to uh, show off the stars of the movie. And in this case, we see, uh, uh, you know, the nephew, a.k.a. Pops, showing off all of his different types of boxing uh, in the dub. <laughs> I, I felt, So just just to, I, I, love, I guess I'm I love the old Kung Fu movie thing of chinese martial arts uh what's what's what what do western people understand as martial arts boxing all right yes Call all kung fu chinese boxing i mean like as i don't think we, i don't think we want to use this podcast to podcast to get too into the weeds of like the thematic elements of kung fu and like the societal like origins right. they draw from and like how dubs have like altered the perception of both chinese culture and kung fu as a martial art but as a practitioner, as a practitioner of some styles of kung fu, I will say that, like, you know, it, it is a, you know, a, you know, it's a, you know, it's OG term gong fu, is you right. know, it's like translates basically to literally right, it, pretty literally, if not to boxing, but like more to like martial arts. Like right. it's kind of a generic, like calling kung fu like a, a martial arts style is like calling martial arts a martial arts style essentially. Right, you right. Know, it's it's very general style and like. You know, some of the styles themselves have called themselves boxing, you know, like Southern boxing right. versus Northern style. I just found it funny. So I, I guess I'm the only one that's but, seen uh, the entire, I guess I'm the only one who's seen the entire thing, both in the, the subbed and the dubbed. Uh, uh, yes, I've only watched subbed. Eero's only watched dubbed. So, so. In, the, in, the, in, the, in, the subbed, in the subbed version, they're like actually name all like the different styles that he's showing off. Okay. And then in the, in the, but in the dub, they're like, because uh, he's servant guys there. He's like, master, you've. You know, you've learned all the styles of boxing, even the fancy kind of boxing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. That's really uh, good. <laughs> so they just kind of cut instead of saying the actual yeah. like you know Chinese names. Sure, like, you've even learned the fancy boxing. So yes, um, you know this is all part of the. Is, we'll talk a little bit more about this. The establishing the power levels of the characters, but we we we, we learn quickly that you know pops he know he knows his kung fu. Pops doesn't fuck around. Yeah, like so. Uh, so, so we get into the actual movie part and, uh, you know, Pops goes to pick up Auntie from the boat. She's made it to, to where he's at. And we kind of set up the, the main joke of the movie in that, uh, everybody's expecting her to be an old woman, but, uh, she's she's, my young auntie. There you go. You say the main joke, but also kind of really this movie's only joke. If we get down to it. Yes. Um, Yes, it's kind of the only joke, and and I guess to exp- the where the where the the humor comes is both uh, pops and auntie kind of play along with their you know obligation to filial piety and uh, yes. he take it one hundred percent seriously, despite everyone else realizing the situation is like ridiculous. Oh yes, uh, because I mean, basically translates to this you know you know old man in his probably fifties or something treating this you know barely 20 year old girl as uh his uh like honored elder yes ancestor yes this is honored uh, you know elder family member so yes but uh you know to kind of get into it you know again i i just can't help myself sorry but like as somebody who like you know is kind of you know born in a not super traditional chinese family but traditional enough like I do kind of love the premise because it it very much feels uniquely Chinese. Like even even when it's being played as a joke, even when it's being played for comedy, like 
the premise only makes sense if it comes from a place where their culture like demands this kind of like cultural and societal it obligation. It would be funny if that wasn't already the thing in that culture. Right, right. Like a Western movie couldn't really do this because like everybody, you know, because the way Western culture is, people would just like, no, that's a, that's that's absurd. Of course, we're not going to like, we're just going to treat you your age, right? But like in in Chinese culture, it's like, oh, like we are taking this pre-existing concept, but playing it to its most like comedic and logical extreme. extreme. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think it's, I guess if you're, you're looking at that as sort of like the, you know, a traditional value. It's also supposed to show that, you know, Pops is the good guy here, right? Like he's so righteous and like, you know, that he's going to uphold this even in this ridiculous circumstance. Yes, I mean, oh man, we could get into a whole fucking spiel <laughs> about Chinese kung fu movies and like their weird reinforcement of extremely like conservative societal norms. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I think on a more serious movie, that might be a more interesting discussion. But here it's just kind of a fun Yes, yes. Play on, yeah. on that idea. I mean, they're so, definitely making fun of it, for sure. Right. Or they're at least making light of it. Making light of it, right. Um, so, that kind of sets us up for our, our fight number one here, when uh, Pops goes to pick up Auntie, because obviously everyone else mistakes her for his mistress. And clearly, yeah. uh, you know, they need to be taught a lesson. That's just the rules of kung fu movies, right? Yeah. So, well, uh, they need to be taught a lesson, but it's following classic kung fu movie rules of like, hey, you said like a single slightly rude thing to me. I'm going to beat oh, the shit out of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so that leads us to uh, fight number one, which is uh, Auntie and Pops versus some random street punks set at yes. the, uh, the harbor town here. And as I mentioned, this is still kind of like the establishing power levels of who can fight and who can't, because that's always very important in Kung Fu movies. Oh, yes. And uh, we see both Pops and Auntie can handle themselves pretty well. Yeah. Uh, the, there's this is, a, it's, this is a very short fight, again, just kind of showing like like um, half the fight, basically Pops is pulling Auntie on a rickshaw, and half the fight, like, they don't even, like, move. <laughs> they just, like, beat them off without, like, Pops is holding, like, her luggage and an umbrella, and he doesn't even, like, put anything down. Uh, right, like, Auntie is, like, fighting while sitting in her rickshaw. Like, right. you know, t- uh, two dudes are, like, punching her, she just, like, fucking, like, sits up straight, does, like, a double block, like, counters, and then, like, flings them away. Uh, one little touch I do, like, that uh, I think now makes a lot of sense later in the movies why Auntie would act this way is that uh, Uncle, I mean, uh, Pops never actually explicitly reveals his kung fu to Auntie. Yes. Like, every time he fights off the dudes, like, Auntie is looking away, and when she looks back, he's, like, playing it off as, like, oh, see, I gave them a stern talking to, you know, like, <laughs> he, like, double kicks two dudes in the gut, and they're, like, fucking bent over in pain. He's like, look, Auntie, see, they're bowing in apology. You know, like yeah. Pops is like, you realize here, like, it's kind of like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say subtle storytelling, but it's like, yeah, it, I, I actually, you that Pops is like humble enough. He doesn't want to like, he's not the kind of dude who's going to like brag about his Kung Fu. Yeah, I actually didn't notice that until the second time I watched it, because um, it, it comes up later in the movie where it's clear that she's like, you guys can't fight. You know, I'm going to have to do right. all the fighting here. And Pops is just like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, say, Auntie. <laughs> right, like, even though he's the baddest dude in the movie, he's just like, oh, okay. yes. Um, so, what do you say, Auntie? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty funny. And, yeah, it was a good, nice little uh, little detail there. So, yeah, not a, I guess not a lot to say about the, that 
particular fight because it's it, it, it's a really quick one and just kind of establishing you know that you know these guys these guys are so good that they don't even have to like give like you know 10 percent of their ability to fight off these you know random street punks or whatever right um interesting too and i think we will talk about this later like i feel like this is a pattern with uh Lau Karlung's movies that I've seen so far where the first half is like kind of really slow and not a lot of fights. And then it like picks up a lot later on. So, um, you know, we get a couple of like small little fights and I guess it happens a lot of Kung Fu movies. You get a lot of those like small little fights in the beginning. And then like the second half is when it starts really going down. But yeah, I mean, usually with Kung Fu movies, it, it tends to feel like the middle is for establishing the drama, you know, like, I'm not one of those guys who, like, is going to be, you know, like, I, I definitely bristle when I see people, like, treat kung fu movies as if they don't deserve to be called, like, you know, you know, art or film or whatever. But, like, you know, at the core, they... real movies. Right, right. A lot of people are like, oh, they don't deserve to be called real movies, you know? But, like, the thing I will say is, like, you know, but the thing is, like, about kung fu movies is that the important thing tends to be, you know, setting up the drama. The drama doesn't need to be particularly deep or, like, well thought out. It just needs to matter in the you know, in the context of the characters and their actions. And uh, I think that's, I think that's kind of what uh, my young auntie does in addition to it's like kind of weird romantic comedy subplot, but you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. we can get into that later. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you need, you need a reason to want to see the bad guys get beat up because other, other yeah. than, otherwise it's just like watching a, a sport or an exhibition or something, right? Like it just like, or dance even like, it just like, you know, it's like, okay, that's cool. But like, uh, the best kung fu movies are gonna be like, oh man, I can't wait till this guy gets kicked in the face. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, we we certainly, while you know, plot may be more important, some more important in some movies than others, it is it is I think always important for to make it to kind of take things to the next level because we've seen some bad, <laughs> we've seen some bad ones where it's just oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, I have no idea what's going on, and yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, this is, this is a solid, this is a solid movie though. So, um, okay. So moving along, uh, you know, we, we head, we head home to, to, you know, their kind of humble house and, uh, it's here that we end up meeting, uh, the third main character, uh, Otto who, or like I mentioned, he calls himself Charlie Yu because Charlie Yu has been, uh, corrupted by the West. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other pervasive theme in this movie yes which is kind of another interesting angle the kind of concept that comes up but uh so Char charlie has been away studying english in hong kong and uh kind of the the, the neatest thing i i found switching from the dub to the sub is in the original cantonese he's actually like half of his sentences are getting sprinkled with English, random English. Right. He's just like dropping random English <laughs> phrases, you know, kind of like almost kind of like anime actually sometimes, you know, yes. he's just like. Whenever you get like the, the, the like foreigner anime character that yes. like just randomly drops in like English out of nowhere, that's, that's kind of similar to what's happening here. So that's kind of a neat thing that you, they, you know, there were, I don't know how you would do that in the dub. They didn't really make any effort to like show that in the dub, but uh, that was kind of a fun thing to discover uh, switching over. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's the, the, the modern city boy. He's not really that interested in, you know, traditional, uh, 
you know, the, you know, the traditional culture and all that. Dressed in Western clothes and everything. He, yep, and he's got his uh, his uh, his friends from college who are all kind of like minded, and they're you know loud and rowdy coming in home, and uh, they stumble upon uh, Auntie, and they have no idea what's going on either because <laughs> even even he's like, did my dad take the mistress? That doesn't sound like my dad. Um, <laughs> and uh, once again. Uh, you know, they, these boys need to be taught a lesson for their uh, s- slight, uh, <laughs> you know, slightly the rude rudeness. behavior. And uh, this leads us to our second fight, which is uh, Auntie versus Charlie and the boys in the front yard of the house. And uh, we kind of learn that uh, Charlie, Charlie can fight, too, in the process, uh, <laughs> kind of smashing up their their house and like all their family yeah. altars and everything but uh <laughs> but yes as you say establishing the power levels here that uh charlie is at least on a similar tier as pops and auntie maybe you know i mean as we find out later definitely not you know at their level but he is definitely our third primary character yes he, yeah they actually do a little bit of a anything you can you can do i can do better thing where he'll do some uh, kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. Right, yes, flip through the air and she's like ha and then she'll do like a 10 foot triple twist flip through the air or right, whatever they're fucking then, jumping contest yeah uh you know to you know try to one up each other um so yeah again uh, just establishing that okay this guy can fight too and also kind of setting up the weird dynamic of having her nephew be the love interest <laughs> You didn't. I, when we started watching this movie, I was like, "That's totally what's going to happen." And you were like, "No." <laughs> did, did I? Did I deny it at first? I, I don't. I don't remember now. But uh, we'll have to check the tape on that one. But uh, yeah, so that kind of sets up that weird, uh, <laughs> weird relationship that the two are going to have. Uh, I mean, obviously. She's not. I, I guess if we're going to follow the anime rules here again, she's not really his aunt, but uh, no blood know. relation, of course. No, no uh, blood relation, of course. Um, right, and they're like, you know, and hey, as uh, Charlie keeps reminding us, the audience, that they are basically the same age. So, you yes. know. <laughs> so I mean, you know, what else would we expect to happen in a movie like this, right? But uh, yeah, so they smash up the house. Uh, Pops isn't so happy about it, um, and. Uh, I guess at this point is in the movie is like I said, when everyone discovers I've tricked you all into watching a romantic comedy, <laughs> right. um, you know, aside for, you know, putting aside the, the weird family situation, it's basically an opposites attract thing where you've got the, the modern city boy and the kind of, uh, you know, old fashioned country, country girl. Yeah. They actually call her yeah. a bumpkin at some point. Yes. Um, and, you know, they, they're kind of butting heads, but, of you know, obviously secretly or deep down actually attracted to each other. And um, I guess this really starts to come to head when they take a trip to uh, the big city. Uh, and this was kind of interesting because I, I was not really thinking about what time period this movie takes place until they got to the city. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of like, fairly modern stuff going on here like i don't know what time period do you guys think this is supposed to be like um, uh my you want to go first Eero? No, go ahead. so my assumption is that this movie like a lot of kung fu movies from this time period like there are basically two very popular time periods uh for kung fu movies uh from this time period you have your 
you had your like vague like late Qing dynasty like pseudo mythic pseudo wuxia inspired like quote unquote traditional China uh, setting you know your you know your first drunken master and you know that sort of thing you know where where the, the enemies are often you know the Manchus and that sort of thing. And then the other time period, which I think my young auntie takes place in, is like it's post uh, Britain occupation of Hong Kong, but it tends to be pre uh, World War Two. So you kind of exist in this time period of roughly like 1900 to 1920, where China, you know, like Japan, is becoming rapidly industrialized, but with a much more like exploitative bent, with a much more uh, unequal distribution of that uh, that industrialization, but right. what that gives you is kind of like that aesthetic of like you know paper red lanterns next to neon like signs and you know you know men in suits and buggies on the streets next to rickshaws. Right, you know, wearing, wearing my like Chinese robes with a Western fedora. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, that's a great point, right? As we kind of see with the uncles later on, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get into it here, but I've actually always, you know, ignoring the like highly problematic issues with this time period in Chinese history, I've always kind of liked the time period as a good like uh, setting and aesthetic. It's a good look. It's a good look. And I think that if a creator was willing to engage with it, they can also, you know, engage with some very interesting themes and topics related to that setting, uh, you know. But uh, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of my guess for like around where this is taking place. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think my biggest clue was they actually see a car. <laughs> and, and yeah. Like a car from. It looks like a car from the 30s. I don't think this movie is supposed to be in the 30s because that's actually getting pretty late. Uh, but I mean, you know, realistically, that's probably just a car they could get their hands on. Right. Like, so that, that's what like I'm thinking. Brothers were not exactly like this kind of like yeah. hugely I, expensive, extravagant productions, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. So, but I mean, the fact that there was a car puts us in the 20th century, right? So, right, it's meant to identify the at least the century. Yeah, yes. so we're, yeah, I think I think it's supposed to be more in like the the 1910s to 20s somewhere, but um yeah, that it is kind of it's a, it's a, like we were saying, it's a good it's a it's a neat look at the very least. It's it's with sort of the asynchronous um you know, styles, you know, the east and west clashing and all that, which comes up quite a bit as in this uh, the next couple sequences here. Quite literally, actually, but uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, the, so uh, Auntie and Charlie go to the big city, and Auntie, being the you know country bumpkin here, is uh, very much impressed with all the modern stuff going on, and uh, you know, it kind of leads us to what I think is, I guess, ends up being sort of the visually iconic scene of the movie where she buys this. I don't know how she buys it, but she, well, I guess if she has second uncle, uncle's money, she can buy whatever she wants. But uh, <laughs> she buys this fancy dress, and uh, you know everyone starts gawking at her. And um, right, she also gets know. a perm and high heels. You know the whole night. Yes, yards, the, you yeah, know, she like gets the, the, gets the whole the whole setup. And like the you know, movie style complete. So makeup. Charlie doesn't even recognize her at this point, and uh, you know this this leads to her having to beat off a bunch of men in the street, obviously, because that's just the way things go. So we have 
Uh, fight number three with uh, Auntie and Charlie versus various street gawkers here in the big city streets. Um, this, of course, you know, somewhat recurring theme in this movie where Auntie keeps getting handicapped. Um, yeah, which is kind of disappointing. Um, yeah, it's. It, I wonder if like that's. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of factors at play here, including like you know gender dynamics from this time period. But there is definitely kind of this pervasive feeling of like, oh, Auntie could totally beat up all these people, but this time, you know, Batman had kryptonite, or this time, you know, <laughs> like she's wearing high heels, or you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting conversation because I've seen other, I've seen you know other movies from this era where the women are just total badasses and they're completely unrestricted by this nonsense. And even with, uh, you know, this particular actress, like I'm thinking of, um, cause she was in, uh, eight diagram pole fighter. Yeah. Did pretty well on that one. Um, you know, so it might just be the, the story they're trying to tell here or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is kind of unfortunate particularly for the reasons in this one because oh no she's got high heels and a tight dress and how can she fight these uh <laughs> these dudes in the street uh and uh you know charlie kind of has to step in once he once he figures out who she is he steps in to, to help her right and uh you know eventually she does take the high heels off and kicks their asses but you know even so um and uh yeah i mean it's kind of a short fight but again, just kind of they they do a and they have a little little more of their kind of one upsmanship as they're you know yeah. these guys again are no match for their you know level of uh, kung fu here. But um, I guess it's just kind of a if anything, it's also just kind of like I said the the, the visually iconic all the research I've done. This is kind of always the the scene they show. Really, like, you oh, know, that's interesting. Of like this is what the the you know the you know the kind of one of the more unique scenes although i think the most unique scene is gonna be coming up next so as far as the fights go so sure yeah anyway uh so they they get into the, the fight the cops come and everything and they get in tr- they get in they have to run away and you know pops they, they come home and pop sees auntie all beat up and everything and charlie gets in trouble again because you know you need to look after your your elders um, and, uh, Charlie isn't so happy about the keep, how he keeps getting, getting the blame for all this. So, um, <laughs> including one scene where he's literally beating an effigy of her. Um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. He's just like, he's like fucking like, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like giving a speech to like, his like other like college student buddies about like tyranny and shit, like while beating up this straw effigy. And then, uh, uh, but then, luckily, his two friends, um, fucking James and Robert, uh, show up with their guitar. With their guitar, right? The dude just has the guitar fucking slung over his shoulder. <laughs> so, I am so disappointed. He never fights with that guitar. It's very, yeah, it's very disappointing. That I thought they were. I thought they were setting that up. That. Well, guitars are not really a great weapon because you basically get one shot and you're done. Yeah, but, uh, but at least give us that. Yeah, that should have been smashed over somebody's head. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know his his buddies come come around to cool him down, and instead they come up with a more elaborate plan to uh, <laughs> a needlessly elaborate plan <laughs> to humiliate Auntie by inviting her to the to a fancy uh, 
uh, masquerade ball party where she will clearly humiliate herself by not knowing how to dance Western, you know, style or whatever. And this leads to a very odd sequence of events that includes a insert song. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like this guy, this director seems to like pointing musical numbers in like (laughs) he's bad monkey. Kung Fu also had a bunch of musical numbers. He's a man of many talents, apparently. Yeah, I guess it's just like when you come from like, you know, when you come from 36 Chambers, like you expect that his other movies to be like much more of that kind of like that style of, you know, somber, serious kung fu movie, you know? I mean, I think you see started to see like migrate towards a goofier stuff, right? Well, I mean, also it's like, I mean, I don't think this is the pod, I mean, we have. I don't think this is the podcast to get into it yet again, but like, I think there's definitely something to be said about like how like everybody looks at Jackie Chan as like, Oh man, like Jackie Chan's great because not only does he do do great Kung Fu movies, but they're also very funny, but like there's a lineage of that. There's a, yeah, there's, it turns out there's there's actually a really long lineage of himself. Right. Like being an intrinsic part of like Kung Fu uh, filmography. I mean, even Bruce Lee himself kind of engages in a bit of it in some of his movies, you know? Yeah. Like, so there is kind of a, a tradition here of like slapstick. And I think it's because slapstick is such a physical form of comedy. So it translates well to Kung Fu. Definitely. Like kind of being in the DNA of its, of its, uh, its history. I mean, I guess, uh, so the legend goes with, uh, drunken master two of the, uh, which is, you know, Jackie Chan's arguably best movie or one of the greatest Kung Fu movies of all time. I oh. guess, I guess Lau Kar Lung was the original director of that. Yeah. And then, but, uh, uh, and then they didn't. He didn't see eye to eye with uh, with with Jackie, and Jackie ended up taking over for like the final sequence of that. But, yeah, uh, and that's that's very it, interesting because I think, for better or worse, I think history goes on to validate Jackie Chan there because the final fight in Drunken Ma- in Legend of the Drunken Master is fucking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have to wonder if it's like auntie here, but like man, the fight at the end of Legend of the Drunken Master is fucking. Uh, legendary perhaps you know it, it, yeah. it is i guess but, i mean uh, i guess it's almost like a kind of a i don't know if you want to it's a, it, maybe it's a too convenient to say sort of a passing of the torch thing but like the i we might as well we might as well kind of mention this here since we're on the topic but you know with 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 lao Karlung's style like i find it's i mean it's not realistic at all but it's very nice to look at like it's yeah. very flashy and acrobatic and um you know, very well choreographed. There's a lot of like really cool synced up stunts and stuff like that. Yeah, but there's a there's a lot of strong physicality to it and a lot of good coordination. You know that that uh yeah and it, the, it, yeah go ahead no 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 go ahead go ahead. Yeah, so, I was just gonna segue into the how also this fight has all that and lots of good props. Yes, so we might as well just get into the next fight here with the. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll keep moving along. Uh, so we left off. Uh, you know, Charlie has his elaborate plan to get to go to the the you know the masquerade ball to humiliate Auntie, and uh, so uh, you know they go to the ball, and things are pretty much going as planned, where she's getting swept up in the dancing and has no idea what's going on. And I feel, I'm sorry, I feel like we should mention that this is a masquerade where they're supposed to dress up as Westerners. Yes. And so their response is that Auntie shows up as, I guess, what's supposed to be Juliet from Romeo and Juliet. And that was super clear to me. Robin but... Hood? Yeah. 
Yeah, that wasn't like super she's not supposed to be made Marion or something. What? She, is she not supposed to be made Marion or something like that? Definitely. I don't think they went for that cut. I, yeah, very no, much definitely. more feels like. I mean, the, the Robin Hood part is very obvious. You're right with Auntie. I don't know exactly what she's supposed to be. But, yeah, they uh, call her a couple different. They did specifically say Juliet at some point, but sure. I don't think that was the like. I don't know if that was. But anyway, point is, yes, they're they're all dressed up in like Western style costumes, uh, including the three musketeers who show up. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, they're, uh, you know, they're 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 having fun like everybody else until they start cutting up Auntie's dress. And yeah. well, uh, well, they're, well, there's an original three musketeers. Yeah, oh, yes. And then yes. the new three musketeers show yes. up. Another group of three musketeers. And they're like, hey, guys, what's going on? And uh, so they so it turns out the the new three musketeers, I guess we can get a little bit into this, were sent by a. Uh, Word finally got around because uh, Third Uncle's been looking for Auntie to get the money back. Yeah, uh, and he finally they finally tracked her down. So his his godson, who's kind of like the main henchman here, uh, comes up with a plan to uh, go smash up this party and get everybody thrown thrown in jail temporarily. And when Pops has to go bail them out, the house will be empty, so they can steal the deeds to the estate. Right, it's a pretty solid plan actually. But uh... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, oh, this is actually like this is a fairly solid plan. This isn't just your usual like. Kung Fu smash and grab. But. Yeah. So, um, so more on that later, but for the time being, the, the new three musketeers show up and, uh, they start, uh, they start, start a fight. They start cutting up auntie's dress, which kicks off a fight between, uh, well, we're on fight number four here. So we've got auntie Charlie and the boys. So his, his friends versus the, the new three musketeers, which I think there's actually yeah. four of them, but that's how the three musketeers yes. work. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah there's, Portos, Artos, Armas, and D'Artagnan. Yeah, so technically, it's actually accurate. <laughs> yes, so they, they they definitely got got the details right on this one. So um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, a masquerade fight basically just an excuse for a lot of really solid prop fighting. Uh, everybody's got a sword or a knife or some kind of weapon. <laughs> yeah, it, I and I felt like I felt like this was the point where the movie like really starts kicking off more so action wise. Um, yeah, definitely. Like th- this is this is like like this is a pretty solid fight with a lot of kind of visually interesting things. Like you know, there's a lot of you know like fencing swords and stuff like mixed in with yeah. the kung fu and the you know, um, <laughs> as I put in the notes, the looming specter of Western imperialism. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, there's <laughs> yes, there's there's a part where like there's a part where Auntie is like, I can't fight unless I have a Chinese sword. Yes. And there's a pretty good part where then everybody like looks to the left and says, prop department, Chinese sword. <laughs> they, they throw her a Chinese sword from the balcony. She starts kicking everyone's ass with a, yeah. Yes. So, you know, I don't know how intentional of a message was being sent there, but it seemed, I don't know, it seemed to I fit. Mean, yeah, I think they're playing it for laughs mostly. Like there's a part where like Charlie like whips out his weapon and it's like a two inch knife. And everyone's like, <laughs> yes. you're going to fight with that? He's like, well, another. this is what. This is what Robin Hood would use. So, yeah, you know, there's there's definitely this element of like you know Charlie's character that is throughout this movie is that this dude, I think, is never quite taking the situation at hand that seriously, but also his kung fu is good enough that he doesn't have to. So, right. So, um, yeah, just a really visually interesting fight. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Um, uh, pretty pretty unique, and and it's just a lot of good solid action too. Like some some good choreography and yeah like it's a big crowd fight and those are like really difficult to do like honestly like yeah because 
some of like the know, wide shots and stuff like yeah the coordination yeah. you need for that is just crazy to think about so um so yeah pretty pretty cool fight and like i said i feel like this is where the movie starts like really taking off a bit uh as we kind of hit the back half and uh you know the action starts to ramp up a bit but um yeah so you know as as intended the uh party gets smashed up the cops come including some <laughs> some pretty great looking detective guys oh man the detectives are great they're not in this uh, movie they, for much i love, love this joke that they have too yeah have, that's so good uh, yeah, what was it like you, know, you like, want to explain it so i'm trying to it's like you have the like super tall <laughs> like grizzled, serious grizzled, serious, uh, serious looking guy who's actually like the deputy or whatever right he's so got like the, a big the, pipe He's got the yeah, big pipe. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like bald dude, big mustache, like really grim looking dude. You know, he's got the whole thing, like the trench coat and everything. And he's like walking up to the lineup of like all the people they're arresting. And then he's like, "I'm the deputy detective." Um, and then the camera pans down, right? Like, it, like, like Danny DeVito looking motherfucker. <laughs> another bald detective dressed almost exactly the same. Right, and like oh, a tall, and like keeps whisper because keeps like whispering what he's what the main guy's supposed to say into his ear or whatever. Yes, yes, it's yes. So it's very good. Again, Lau Kar Lung, a man of many talents here, not just oh, uh, yeah. fight choreography, but also impeccable comedic timing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was a pretty good joke. Um, but yeah, so they the the the, the plan works. Uh, Auntie yeah, and they get busted for opium charges. Yes, uh, Auntie and Charlie and their friends get. What else are you gonna bust Chinese people for? <laughs> uh, uh, they get. Um, should, should I throw out a disclaimer that we're all half Chinese here? I mean, so well, well, she's you full two are half Chinese. I'm full here, but you know, so technically, oh, yes. okay, yeah, or we're all at, le- at least half, yes. Yeah, we're going to uh, use that defense here is that we are – this podcast is – is uh, you do the math, is two-thirds Chinese. So. Yeah, if we, if we, just saying if we take any – if we take any of these topics light, a little bit lighter, that's that's because they're coming Look, from man, our if – you're, if, you're, if you're in Hong Kong and you're directing a kung fu movie about – and you're going to include drugs, right? The, the drug that is going to be in your most like cultural memory, like even 50 years later, is probably going to be opium, you know? it's Right. Yep, it is going to so, be your go-to. Yeah, they get they like, get uh, drummed up with some false drug charges, which is really exactly. just the, which don't stick. But the point was again to get pops out of the house and get everybody out of the house, so nobody would be able to defend the. Uh, I mean, the reason they don't stick also is because a uh, pop shows up and everyone's like, "Oh, a respected member of the community." They they wouldn't deal in opium, right? Probably not. I'm sure it's fine. Well, yeah, well, they, <laughs> I believe he he uses the. Uh, the sort of rock solid logic of do you have any evidence? And they're like, no. <laughs> right, right. So the great part here, yes, it's like it, it, at least in the subs, he's like, do you have any evidence? Do you have any probable cause? And like the taller detective whispers into the short detective, he's like, we don't have either of those. And the short detective was like, crap. Wait, we probably can't just hold him here without evidence, can we? And they're like, no, the police no, wouldn't sir. do that. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> uh yeah so uh, rock solid legal defense there um but uh but that aside the, the it didn't matter because uh you know uh 
third uncle and his goons were able to retrieve the estate and they now have the the will and all the documents and everything uh well then they just need basically they just at this point need auntie to sign signed it over to them so yes uh so you know they they head home and figure that out of course and uh immediately they're like let's go fight right but uh you know the the you know they they don't feel like uh you know I I forget exactly what happens I think Pops warns them that you know third uncle's actually pretty strong here so this is the part yeah, where they who's powerful yeah so this is the part where they assemble the uncle squad Right, because they three alone can't, you know, take on third uncle, but... Well, if we call fourth uncle, fifth uncle, sixth uncle... Yeah, basically. Well, so these these uncles are Pops' brothers, right? That's right. how okay. that works. So, so this are, is like... They're actual uncles. Yeah. So these, these, yeah, so, the, so these are like the... Right, so this is like the next level down. And, and so, but the again, nephews. they're all... Yeah, they're all they're all technically Auntie's nephews, so they Second also second nephew, third nephew, fourth nephew. Right, so they all they all treat her with the also treat her with the appropriate respect. Right, there's this very funny bit where like like, like there's this very funny montage where they are assembling the squad. Right, like they are going throughout town like recruiting the uncles from their, all their like weird little professions. Right, <laughs> and each time each time one of them meets uh, Auntie, they just like. Fucking without batting an eyelid, they're just like, oh, you're the auntie, okay, like, oh, honor to you, auntie, honor to you, like, like, how are you doing, auntie? Also, third uncle's a dick. <laughs> yeah, also, yes, they're like, right, they explain the scenario, like, hey, third uncle stole the deeds, like, ah, oh, is just third uncle still up to his bullshit? from third uncle. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, fucking everybody knows fucking third uncle is this fucking selfish prick. Yeah, so uh, it's very good. But, uh, but yeah, so they, so they gather the uncle squad. squad. Gather the squad of jacked old men. Yeah, yeah. For our, our mandatory training montage as every right. because needs. because auntie yeah they need a training montage because auntie doesn't believe they're up to snuff. Right. She's like she's like yeah me and Charlie could fight but like you know pops you're old and the rest of you guys are also old you probably can't fight you need to train. <laughs> Right. And like, you know, again, Pops is completely nonchalant. He's just like, okay, I guess we do. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you say, Auntie. Uh, So, so uh, there, well, I think the main concern, as with many men of that age, is stamina. uh, Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) it's really less of a training montage and just, she's just making them run, run around a lot. Right. Um, And we we have, we have the one standout uncle who's like the, uh, the man of steel Right, with, first uh, uncle, or the, the yeah, first one they recruit. Which, uh, he's the super strong one, I guess, with the... the he, I guess he also has a hard qigong, which will come into yeah, play he later. Also yeah. Perform, yeah, he also practices hard qigong, which uh, will be uh, relevant later in the movie. Yeah, so he's he, he's like, you know, back in my day, I was, you know, the, the man of iron, or the man of steel, or something like that, or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, now he, now he just gets a little tired sometimes, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am a little disappointed they don't really flesh out the other uncles as much. Like, they're just kind of described as, you know, generically good at kung fu in the way that people just are in kung fu movies. You yeah, know? It, it was the Steel Man of Canton. Yeah, yeah. Like he gets, he gets like, his title, but the rest of them just kind of, they're just kind of there, you know? I wonder I wonder but, if he was, uh, like, a more famous actor or something than the other two or something. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, could be. But, uh... Yeah, it was those kind of a missed opportunity there for everybody to have their own little weird quirk or whatever. Right, like it, it's not a kung fu, like, right? Like 
Right, because in a kung fu movie, like, if you just say, I'm good at kung fu, I'd be like, great, get in line, everybody's good at kung fu. You know, like, in a kung fu movie, where everybody is performing at that baseline, you know, like, you need, you need that something extra to put you above, you know, like, like, yeah, you need to have, like, you know, muscles of steel, or you need to be the pole fighter specialist, or you need to be good at, like, throwing knives or something. Like, you gotta have a gimmick. You gotta have a max stat somewhere, though. You have to have, you have to have a gimmick. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so we have our little training montage here. And uh, after <laughs> after seeing uh, their performance, Auntie determines they're still not ready. Um, right. And, you know, after, uh, you know, our Man of Steel guy ends up uh, gasping for air on the floor after running around for too much. Uh, <laughs> she's like, oh, but it turns out actually both her and Charlie determined that the uncle squad is not ready. So, right. So um, we get this great bit of fucking Charlie sneaking out of the mansion dressed in like military fatigues and a helmet yes. and like everything, like the whole nine yards. Yeah. I mean, prop department, bring me the military gear. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. fucking, but then, she, yes, but he runs into Auntie who is dressed like a fucking ninja. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're both. They both had the same idea to sneak out alone and get the deeds back by themselves. But, uh, you know, they right. decide to team I, I do up. love Charlie's explanation in the subs where she's like, what are you dressed up as? And he's like, oh, well, you see, back in Hong Kong, when anybody goes on a hike into the wilderness, like, this is what they wear. <laughs> I'm full mil- I'm like, military sure, fatigue. Uh, uh, yeah. So, um, yep. So we have uh, Ninja Auntie and Private Charlie now who... Yes. Sneak off into the night to uh, steal the deeds back, which uh, leads to a rather elaborate scene where uh, they find that Third Uncle's front yard is like totally trapped, full of traps. Yes. So some uh, very elaborate ones, considering I assume people have to actually tend to this garden. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry for the gardener who has to take care of that place because... We'll find we'll find later as a joke. Uh, apparently, they turn the traps off during the day, but uh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> somebody's somebody supposed to set these up every night, though, right? Like yes, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's the typical you know step on the bridge and arrow shoot at you, or you know blades coming out of the scarecrow type of stuff, or like mostly shit, you know, sharpened bamboo spikes coming out of nowhere, you know. Which is mostly just for Auntie and Charlie to show off more flipping acrobatic stuff as they. Uh, dodge arrows and whatnot and so there's a little bit of comedy as like charlie's literally on the ground doing like mind sweeping with his uh knife but uh yes yeah so that's mostly just like a little exhibition thing to lead up to you know our next big fight as we kind of get into the end game here and so we have uh fight number five with the uh, ninja auntie and private charlie versus uh the whole the whole uh gang of henchmen uh starring yeah, uh yeah. Starring Third Uncle's godson, and <laughs> we haven't talked about the modern sunglasses guy. Oh my god, what? A, who is this dude? Because like, <laughs> he doesn't even do that much in the movie. Like, yeah, he's just like a, he's just like a regular. He's like he's like he's like clearly one of the upper tier henchmen, but he doesn't have like right, any. Yeah, other, like, <laughs> he doesn't have like any special weapon or anything other than he just has like right, sunglasses. Right, he's a. The 1970s or something yeah like he's he's just wearing sunglasses like but like that's it like he doesn't have a unique fighting style he doesn't even like get a unique he doesn't even get like a a, a devoted fight to him like he like i mean he gets a, like some more screen time but like right he's just always there in the background 
I mean, I don't know if he even gets more screen time or we just notice it because of the sunglasses, but he's... I think it's just because of the sunglasses. Like, yeah, I'm sure so... the rest of those henchmen are all in all those background scenes, but we just don't notice because they're not wearing sunglasses. Yeah. And of all, like, uh, the quote-unquote yeah. main characters, I think the godson guy is probably the worst of the fighters. Like, he does fight, but he doesn't... He's definitely the worst of the fighters, especially compared to uh, his henchmen who show up. Um, yeah, and any uh, any time he fights, and, oh yeah, yeah. Anytime he fights the main cast, he just gets his ass kicked. Yeah, but uh, yeah. He so he fights a little bit, but he's not like super relevant to the. Uh, yeah. But uh, I really like this fight. Uh, you know, it's kind of another really big crowd fight. You know, like like we talk about like how like Auntie was always getting hamstrung, and I feel like this is the one place where she actually gets to show off. Like, oh, actually, Auntie Auntie don't fuck around. Like. Right. Like, Auntie is beating the fuck out of these henchmen, you know, along with Charlie as well. Like, they're, like, you know, right. doing all that good, like, you know, like, trading opponents back and forth, you know, flips and shit, you know, just yeah. good-ass fighting. I would say even in this case, Auntie does not unsheath her sword until the very end. And it's like, okay, when she unsheaths her sword, it's like, okay, you guys are just, like, done. But and she's but she's also trying not to right. kill anyone, which I guess if that's also No, hating. no. But, uh, you know, they're, like, kicking ass until, in proper kung fu fashion... Uh, third uncle shows up, and third uncle shows up with his two, uh, his two heavy hitters. Yes, uh, yes. So we we go into the bonus round on this one, where uh, you know, Auntie and Charlie are based are having their way with the henchmen, as you would expect. Yeah. And uh, so we have uh, the two the two main henchmen are. I just called him Good Sword Guy because he has no other defining characteristics other than he yeah, has. He's a sword. just good with a sword. <laughs> and he's good with the a sword. other guy, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, uh, third uncle has his own, uh, hard, uh, hard Higong, uh, guy who is like this yes. jacked monster of a, a mountain of a man. Dude, this dude is fucking <laughs> ripped. Holy he is, crap. <laughs> he is jacked. Like I, yeah, he, and, uh, they have a little trouble with them. Um, yeah. Cause hard Qigong guy is immune to all known forms of weaponry. <laughs> They're literally like stabbing it. him. Right. <laughs> Nothing and, and the blades are bending upon his fucking rock hard, steel hard abs. Yes. Like, his fucking defense against their techniques is he just flexes harder. Yes. Like, he flexes so hard that he repels their blades back at them. Yeah. So, I, I would say they kind of fight to a standstill until uh, Third Uncle kind of intervenes a little bit. At the, yeah. at the point where, where Auntie's literally stabbing this this guy in the throat and it's doing nothing. He's just flexing his throat. Yes, it's he's ridiculous. like flexing his Adam's apple to like bend her sword. <laughs> and, so uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and Third Uncle kind of intervenes and, and uh, they kind of have to stop the fight. Um, and, right, because uh, he needs Auntie alive to, to sign yes. the sign over the deed yes so he he can't he can't do anything to her now so you know the the best course of action is to you know capture her so uh at this stage then uh you know our heroes are kind of beaten and auntie basically tells charlie go get out of here you know leave me and she sacrifices herself and unfortunately this is kind of the end of her fighting wise yeah uh, yeah like she gets one in yeah, like she gets one implied fight at the end, but like this is the last time we ever see her really fighting in the movie, yeah. which I think is a shame because she acquits herself really well. Like I think like there's often this assumption that like oh, like you know, 
the reason we don't put female actors in like martial arts movies is because you know they're not up they, they can't handle it or they're not as good at it but like and but she at was, least in the case of auntie fuck or you know uh what's her name uh Kara let Hui. me scroll up uh you know Kara Hui like yo she can fucking handle it like yeah she uh, yeah and I like when we talked about establishing power levels they basically put her pretty much on a similar level of you know the top people in the movie so like, right like she's implied to be at least pops tier you know right in that just general like like every time range. she fights some kind of obligation stops her from you know right you know from from busting it out which is a shame yeah but, uh, yeah so in this case you know she's probably more so concerned for charlie here and decides yeah, to just yeah. say you know you get out of here and i'll stay and right. uh so, so charlie you know, runs back you know to uh yeah mansion and we get this great bit here where he runs back to the mansion and pops and the other four uncles are all there they're suited and, up uh, they're already suited up and by suited up they're like wearing their chinese tra- traditional chinese clothes with a fedora as Eero mentioned <laughs> like it's a great and look Charlie's like, and Charlie's like, what, what are you guys doing here and they basically just say we knew you guys left we knew you guys went over to like a third uncle you're back here because auntie probably sacrificed herself to let you escape <laughs> to come back to us because mm. third uncle and his kung fu is powerful so let's just get going <laughs> yeah so they had the whole they had the whole thing figured out basically and yes. now they're 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 ready to they're ready for some real action um and we're we're now like officially in the end game of the movie where where you know we get to our final battle which is really good the final the final yeah. stretch from here on is like yeah, really, this is like where this movie really turns it on. Yeah, it's like if, if you were on the fence before, it's like okay, if you've stuck around this long, then this is like the payoff. Uh, yes. The final uh, final stretch of the movie here. So uh, Charlie and the Uncle Squad head out to go uh, go save Auntie. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, this is where we get the joke because <laughs> Charlie's like, "No, the the yard is trapped," and they go, yes. <laughs> and they they creep through the yard, but there's nothing. Right, there. They're all like crawling on the ground until they get so, to the uh, they get to the house, and there's like all the henchmen are standing on the porch watching them. Are like, "You guys are idiots." <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so obviously it's up to the Uncle Squad to uh, handle the henchmen as we kick off fight number six here. Yeah, yeah so. We get uh, a- Yep, we get Uncle Squad and Charlie versus versus all the henchmen, including you know sun sunglasses guy, and there was like a spear guy too. I didn't even bother mentioning him, but uh, yeah, sure, yes. <laughs> and uh, Uncle Squad holds it down. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're beating ass. You know, we we start to see Pops turning it on. You could you could call this fight the warm up for Pops. Like yes, like this He's is Pops like fucking. This is him loosening up, getting ready for the final fight. You know, he's like kicking some ass, but mostly it's here to show like. You know, the uncle's kicking ass. We see first uncle, the the other practitioner of hard qigong, kind of like just tanking hits. Like I, I love that. His fighting style is just like go ahead and punch me, and then I will go ahead and punch me, and then I'll I'll open just punch you back. <laughs> <laughs> Which again is like it's not the most technically adept like choreography, but like it kind of, it kind of ties into like the secret part of like at least me that like loves uh, stuff like pro wrestling for the same reason. Right. Of like no selling an attack, right? Like these dudes are like smacking him with right. like poles and he's just like completely unfazed. It's it's very good. If we were a fighting game, he would have super armor. Yes, <laughs> yes, this is his super armor. Like, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's got like freaking 
fucking 18 frames of of super armor it's ridiculous you know like <laughs> yeah yeah no, you, you can definitely tell the choreography takes a step down a bit when when some of the others are fighting like if you compare to you know you know pops or some of the other ones when they're fighting but uh it's just, but it's they still make it fun to look at like yeah because just, there's it's just entertaining to see 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 him just like take the punch and then just like smash the guy's face in like yeah yeah and again, this, these are huge crowd fights, and the fact that like there was never a time during the huge crowd fight where I noticed like somebody like you know off or somebody not timed up with everybody else. Like it, like these are big giant routines, and like they probably have to be practiced like you know fucking a dozen times, dozens of times to like get right for like that one take. Right. You know, because again, like you know, everyone can talk about like you know the. Probably the most famous video from the Dearly Departed Every Frame a Painting um, YouTube series. But, like, the thing that Kung Fu movies always do so well that I'm, – I'm, I used to chastise all Western movies for this. But I do think I – think, I think the pendulum is starting to come back in Western movies towards uh, better choreography ever so slightly. Like, stuff like John Wick is really helping in that regard. But, uh, you know, just the thing that Kung Fu movies have always excelled at are these kind of long, unbroken shots, you know? Like – like you were treated to like five to ten seconds straight of just people fighting on screen, no cuts. You know, you're seeing every impact, you're seeing every stunt, and you can just feel the physicality of it. And uh, I think that is an aspect of what makes these fights towards the end um, so impressive. Right. Yeah, and yeah, again, just the the amount of coordination and timing between that many people, like. Because these these are not like all like close up shots. There's a lot of like wide shots where you see you know multiple people fighting and everything yeah. still sync and the timing looks great and everything. I can't imagine like how much how many times how many takes they had to do or how much practice would have been involved. With yeah, that. But, seriously, man, it looks great though the final product. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I moving think, on, so yeah, moving along into the fight, I was I was debating whether to call this another numbered fight here or this is technically the bonus round, but uh. You know, the Uncle Squad opens up a hole in the defenses and Charlie and for Charlie and Pops to get through. Yeah. And uh, now they got to deal with Good Sword Guy and the Hard Qigong Guy. Yes. Uh, and uh, another pretty great fight here. So, I, yeah, again, I, I, I don't know if maybe I should have made this another numbered fight, but... Um, uh, <laughs> there are a lot of fights in this movie. Yeah, they, they put on... They put on they they start pulling out the weapons and they put on quite an exhibition here. I think, yeah, with, uh, some of the different uh, weapons that they take out, right? Um, and uh, we have a good bit here where uh, so earlier we didn't mention this in the prior fight, but in the prior fight where Charlie fights Hard Gong guy, he finds out that um, Hard Gong guy does have weaknesses, like his armpits. Yes, like he is constantly guarding his armpits, and like his and in that fight, Charlie regions. right, like Charlie tries to hit those areas, but like. He doesn't have like the sheer technique to pull it off, but he does tell Pops like, "Hey, like his his or what? He actually, what he actually tells Pops is, hey, this guy fights like Uncle or something, right? right? Like, yeah, he has the like same. he also practices, uh, you know, the same style, and uh, Pops is like, aha, I know how to deal with that. Yes, and he like, uh, what does he do? He, like hits his pressure points or something, or he, he hits some pressure points. He goes for an eye attack, like uh, he does some of that stuff, right? Um. Go for the, you know, I mean, he's just going for like the, yeah, like as Eero said, the weak fleshy parts. Yes, <laughs> which leads to the great line. Um, Quote of the I movie think written here. Yes, 
Yeah, so the quote of the movie is uh, Charlie discovering uh, his lar- uh, this guy's largest weak point when he says, uh, so your Qigong doesn't cover your ass. Uh, <laughs> Which is uh, and, uh, a good ass line. Pops tells him to pull out his uh, three-part uh, whip thing. Right, and, yes. And hit him in both armpits at the same time. And yeah. Uh, you know, he starts to to wear him down. Meanwhile, Pops is fighting a good sword guy with his two little, um, I don't know what you call that weapon. He's dual wielding uh, some the kind short of short sword things. Oh, uh, like butterfly knives or whatever? Yeah, and I, I think that, kind of. yeah, it's at this point it becomes, because there's a couple times he could have killed, like, several people and he stops. Right. <laughs> like, it, be- yeah. it becomes very clear, like, this is not like even a challenge for him at all like he could murder oh, all of these no. people at any time but he's trying not to kill them um and uh yeah it, it was it was pretty cool like i said it was kind of like a th- th- there's a couple weapon switches and stuff like there so it's kind of a neat exhibition thing where we see a bunch of different uh weapon styles and stuff like that yeah and, uh, so yeah they uh <laughs> You know, so they, so they, they're dealing with, uh, so they, they, they're dealing with the, the, the two big guys here, and uh, finally, uh, the fight with uh, Third Uncle comes around, yes, which is they fight know, their way into the inner courtyard. Yeah, they, they get they work their way into the inner courtyard, and it's time for the final showdown, and so uh, we kind of get set up for our our final set of fights here. Uh, so we have uh, basically the father and son duos against each other. So, yes. so Pops and Charlie versus uh, Third Uncle and his godson, and uh, it becomes pretty clear. Like we already talked about, godson is no match for any of them. But it becomes pretty right, clear that the guys are the top tier in this movie. Yeah, it becomes quickly apparent that Charlie is not the one meant to uh, win the big fight at the end here. Like yeah. there's a there's a great bit where Charlie is taunting Third Uncle, who is man, look at this old man. He needs his son to help him fight. Which you know maybe missing the irony of the situation. <laughs> And so third uncle is like, Godson, stand down. I, I will beat him myself. And then Charlie's like, All right, Dad, you stay back. It's time for the new generation takeover. Yeah. And he tries to fight third uncle and gets pretty soundly beat here. Yeah, they, they kind of switch up. So like God's oh, Godson also tries to take pops, but we already knew how that was gonna go. That was you're right, that was a yeah. foregone conclusion. <laughs> and and both both sons get their asses beat. Um, yes. To the point where it ends in a standoff where both the dads are going to castrate the other one's son, and they're, they're like, "All right, let's <laughs> let's let's call a truce here." For yeah, a minute. yeah. Um, and uh, that kind of leads us finally for the big fight that we've been wanting to see for the entire movie, oh, which yeah. is uh, Pops versus uh, Third Uncle, while uh, <laughs> the boys kind of look on. And, right. uh, this very much turns into a "my dad could beat up your dad" situation. Yes, where uh, so like uh, fighting each other, and then the kids are like, "See, that's my dad's special technique." And then they're like, "Whatever." Pops hasn't even revealed his final technique yet. Yeah, I mean, Charlie's kind of like a kung fu nerd throughout the whole movie, where he's like, "Oh, look at that style. That's the you know, whatever." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's a good point. Yeah, and and it kind of you know culminates in this part where he's calling out all the different stances that his uh you know dad all his all his dad's fancy boxing because at this point pops is unloading all the fancy boxing yeah yeah pops um, is bringing it out in this fight yes it is man it's a this is a good ass fight here at the end yeah it's a it's a it's a solid there's not really even like too many tricks like there is something like the the, the states changing and stuff where there's like but like 
it's just like the two dudes beating the crap out of each other. But uh, yeah, it's a solid no gimmick fight. You know, it's like the one. It's like every good kung fu movie needs at least one fight where it's just like no gimmicks, no tricks, just pure good kung fu. Right, and the be- the best man may the best man win. Right, and uh, yeah, it's it's at some point it does become pretty clear though that pops is the the better man here and uh it kind of leads to probably the coolest moment in the movie where he well he's not he's apparently not above using his nails because he rips no way this fucking attack is cool as fuck like i'm not like like just from like a kung fu trope standpoint like i mean obviously like blah 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 slash attack yeah like the one that just goes all the way down the length of uncle's arm is like it's one of those things where it's like obviously that wouldn't probably really work in real life, but like in a kung fu movie, like in with the kind of tropes it plays in, it's like a really it's a really cool like final technique because it's so visually distinctive. Like right. you know, the describing it really wouldn't help, but basically like fucking pops catches third uncle in a hold, like puts both of his hands like around the entire length of his arm, like with the nails in and just like scrapes all the way down to his wrist. Like rips the flesh just, off his arm, basically. Yeah. It's like it's a mean ass, but like a really distinctive technique. Yeah. And um, that basically I, disables his arm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, he's like, he's like, give up uncle. You're done. And third uncle's like, you still haven't beaten this hand. Puts up his left hand, which I always love. I always love when, uh, <laughs> when a guy doesn't give up just because he's one arm down. And then fucking Pops, man, fucking Pops is so goddamn confident he can win this fight. He fucking ties one of his arms into his belt sash so that they keep fighting one arm against one arm. It's so good. It's pretty great. And well, I mean, yeah, there was the, you know, the confidence, but also I I think they're still trying to show that he's still trying to show respect to his uncle or whatever. Uh, I mean, though, as, as much respect as you give to somebody who you then proceed to fucking like dislocate their elbows. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. To, to a certain degree he still he still ends up mopping the floor with him um yeah but uh it doesn't he like take out a leg too and then he starts only using one leg or whatever and like finally that's just like okay you've got no parts left buddy you're, you're yeah good. yeah um well, i think charlie's the one who finally convinces uncle to stand down because like right he's, he's like you're beat you're you're totally 100 beat you know don't <laughs> Don't uh, stretch this on any longer in the, than it needs to be. Yep. And I mean, that pretty much sets up the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. We get one final shot of uh, Aunt, Auntie finally got cut free, and we just see her throwing like 30 guys off of her. <laughs> like, right. Like Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. I kind of, based on how most of the movie went up to the end, I thought the final battle would involve her, but. Yeah, I mean, look, if we want to get into, like, Kung Fu and its treatment of female <laughs> characters, that's a whole other topic, but, I like, know, I know. like, I hate to, you know, I, I hate to quantify things like, well, well, for its time, but, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, probably for its time, this movie was fairly progressive in its treatment of its primary female character, like, mm-hmm. like at least Auntie that. never, like, straight up loses a fight, like, she always, like, just gets, like, Right. hamstrung by like, some random obligation you know like oh like she would have won this fight but you know that's always the kind of qualifier right and yeah, again, the like, implication like weak or like needing help or right whatever. Like, the one time she needs to be rescued i mean okay there's the part you know when she's in the in the high heels and the dress in the city but other than that like the one time she needs to be rescued is because she lets herself get captured so charlie can escape right that was her decision and, uh, here at the very end you know 
again, it, it implies she beat the fuck out of all those dudes. It's just, uh, you know, it's just a shame we didn't get to see it. Yeah. So we we end on one one more pretty solid comedic timing timing moment <laughs> where oh yeah this part <laughs> where Auntie's like I fulfilled my duty I'm now just gonna go back to being a regular woman or whatever and Charlie immediately pipes in Hey do you want to remarry and immediately without hesitation Pop just slaps him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> And it hard cuts to him in the street with like a big like bandage on his face after getting oh my god it's so good slapped and he he finds uh auntie now in her back in her like blonde western like dress or whatever in the city going by like yes. a, yeah so it was just a funny but the, yeah it's just a funny like and the, the timing was really funny on that but uh, it was fantastic yeah, yeah and so. uh yeah, not much else to say about the ending because, again, kung fu movie endings tend to just be very perfunctory. I feel, yeah, like, I feel like actually, watching this stream, every movie would end about 10 seconds after they beat the bad guy. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, where's the denouement? This, like, it, 30, this, like, 30 seconds of epilogue was more than, like, most kung fu movies give you. Yeah, I think kung fu movies just never really care for that because it's like, well, once you've watched the big fight, like really all you need to do now is now just basically clean up whatever like bare loose ends you have and then just put an end t- you know and end credits at the end you know it's like not usually a lot of loose ends because it's like half the people are dead and then beat, beat yeah. the bad guy at the end like, the i mean there could almost be an argument that like some of the best kung fu movies actually use their fight as a denouement yeah. like like you could even argue that like the end here with uncle versus you know third uncle versus pops is kind of your denouement because like by the time uncle's down to like one hand and one leg you kind of know where this fight is going like at that point like there's not you know like that in that fight the climax was the tiger claw technique like the the rest of that fight is just clean up you know right so like, you know kind of not gonna try anything again and like it's yeah so it's all kind of wrapped up, but and <sighs> you know, roll roll the roll the another Shaw Brothers production logo in the corner. Yes. <laughs> uh, start up the clips from every movie that they play between. Yeah, yeah. On the, on the, take- yeah, on the stream. Like, I mean, from, from, yeah. thrown out there on the stream when we were watching, there was like a, a clip show that they would loop that we had memorized oh, yes. after a while between right, movies. because it played the same clips. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I mean. If you want to get into it, I think a lot of kung fu movies are kind of like that, even post Shaw Brothers. You know, like the end of Legendary of the, you know, uh, Legend of the Drunken Master, or the end of kind of a lot you of just, Bruce Lee. You just say Legend of the Black Akira, let's be honest. <laughs> no, but you know, look, look when I say when I say when I say the words legend, you know, it, it, my brain goes one of like two directions. These still days. found a way to bring it up, but yeah, go on. But uh, you know, or, uh, <laughs> I mean, shit, dog. If you want to go even more modern, man, look at the fucking end of Itmon. The first Itmon, spoilers, <laughs> Itmon gets shot. It gets, like, driven away to, like, Hong Kong. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> like, right. Like, they they tend to, uh... And I, think they, I think it's just that they tend to re- recognize that the fight is the climax. And right. it is often also the ending, you know? Like, yeah, like, I mean, do we even want to see more after that at that point? Let's just, you know... Let's just wrap yeah. it up and. Or, but yeah. uh, I don't know. Speaking of wrapping it up, I mean, I don't know. What's do we just want to talk about our general thoughts of the movie now that yeah. we've now it? that we've <laughs> gone through all the all the stuff that happened? Well, let's talk about our general thoughts. Uh, G, you want to go first? Like, what are your overall? Sure. Um, 
talking about it with you guys, I think I'm actually a little bit more positive on it now. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I dislike the movie. Um, I think for me, it's just that like I, I'm not the kind of guys like oh I need fights nonstop because let's be real, this movie does have a lot of fights. But I think for me, it's like their brand of like romantic action comedy didn't really work for me a lot of the time. Like, like I don't know, like the whole like everything from Auntie and Charlie going to the city to the end of the masquerade like didn't really work for me story wise. It kind of felt like like I get why it's there, but it didn't really feel super necessary. I guess like. Like, I know they're there, it's there, but, oh, see, look how different they are, and blah, 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 but, like, uh, I don't know, the the premise there did not work for me as strongly as just the traditional, we gotta get the family deed back stuff at the end. And, uh, and, like, I'm not opposed to comedy, like, I think, you know, there are, there are a lot of my favorite, like, kung fu movies, you know, have a lot, have strong comedic, you know, act, you know, stuff in them, like, you know, uh, like Brothers 2 or The Fighting Fool, you know, to, to name drop a couple of others that I, I like a lot from this time period. But uh, but uh, in terms of the fighting, though, very, very into the fighting. I think it was really, really solid stuff, you know, um, just overall really good. I, I'm not sure I would say there was any specific moments that, like, really blew me away. But it was just, you know, above average to excellent almost the entire way through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there are like specific moments that are. I agree that are just like really stand out, but just in general, like the production across the board was like really solid. And like, I can't really think of like, oh, there was this one like really weak spot or whatever where that one fight looked bad or whatever. Like, it, it it's all just really. I know. I guess what I mean is like, here's the thing. So because we watch these these movies back to back, I don't think Dirty Ho overall is a better kung fu movie. But Dirty Ho has that one fight near the end with like the weapons fighting. <laughs> that is like jaw That is the end. <laughs> like that like like that that part at the end where they're fighting like the the like the blade the pole arm guys, right? Mm-hmm. And like they're like coordinating the pole arm fighting and like and like they're you know, it's like I can't even get into like verbally describing it because it's so elaborate. Yeah. And it's so well done. And like the rest of that movie is kinda eh. It's not really that good interesting I, I like thought, that one fight. Asleep in the first half spoiler just no. <laughs> <laughs> um on that movie right, but yeah right. well, the, the, well, like again the, the back half same director back half got yeah. really strong he's like it's like that that fight like that specifically that like polearm fight at the end will probably stick with me forever as like in my top <sighs> okay i watch a lot of kung fu movies so top 20 like individual <laughs> fights all time you sure. can even remember Whereas, like enough to make that list but yeah yeah whereas like i I think my auntie i would rank higher as an overall movie but no fight scenes specifically like maybe other than the tiger claw move at the end really stands out to me right i've I've seen i feel like i've seen a lot of kung fu movies that had better kung fu fighting in them but like uh, i enjoyed my own auntie as like something that had a story to it, you know, had like a through line, even if like the narrative wasn't actually that great and it didn't really take uh, its various themes to a real conclusion. Uh, it's like compared to a lot of the stuff that we were just watching back to back to back on the stream. Uh, it was like, Oh, this is coherent uh, 
and fun and enjoyable. Yeah, you're, you're, you know? I, I agree. You're, I think you have a point there that if nothing else, like, or not if nothing else, but to its credit, my young auntie at least has like a coherent through line through its narrative. Whereas a lot of Kung Fu movies, you can tell that they're clearly just struggling to find an excuse for people to fight here. Right. And like, I mean, this movie does it too occasionally yeah, with the whole course, like, but, you know, like, hey, you, you, you said something rude to us. So we're going to beat the shit out of you. But like, that's just, <laughs> that's just inherent to the genre. But you're right in that the events of the movie, they, they make sense. They, they, they tie, they, they connect to each other well in a way that I think a, a lot of Kung Fu movies and a lot of Shaw Brothers movies don't necessarily do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I enjoy uh, you know, I'm the on the anime side of things. I'm always the comedy guy, right? So, like, I, I like I like comedies and romantic comedies and things like that. And I, you see comedy applied to kung fu movies fairly often, but like, I felt like this was just felt a little bit different um, between the combination of you know it being a romantic comedy and then also with like the setting, mm-hmm. um, you know that like the the whole like masquerade ball thing. I feel like is something I've never really seen before. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good point. It, it has it has a unique personality where you, you you can show scenes from this movie and be like, okay, I automatically know this is my young compared auntie. to like the five thirty six chambers movies, right? <laughs> right. If you talk, where if you not that not that those movies are, are are bad or that this is better than those movies, but that if you saw if you showed me a, a screenshot of them, I would not be able to tell you which one is which half the time. Um, right. I mean, for better or worse, a lot of Kung Fu, a lot, you know, or, you know, just a lot of Kung Fu movies and a lot of Shaw Brothers movies, you know. I mean, how much of this is because the same actors, the same props, and the same <laughs> right. sets? Yeah. Like, there's definitely that feeling of, like, oh, which one of these, like, vaguely I, medieval. Which, 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 which of the five Venoms movies is the good one? I, I might right, not be able to tell. I might not be able to tell the difference between this and uh, The Lady is a Boss, which is another one I have to watch, but. Which, it's which of the, like, three or four One Armed Swordsman's movies is the good one? <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I appreciated that aspect of it, and just the the kung fu movie parts were were really solid. You know, if if they weren't you know the best, they were at least like you know really good and fun to watch. Um, I know he, uh, you know, this particular director has been of out of the marathon of Shaw Brothers movies we were watching. His movies have been my favorite. I think definitely. I mean, without question. I think, uh... He's kind of been a step above a lot of the other ones. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, good, good stuff. All right, so I think that's gonna gonna do it then. Where can uh, yeah, uh, we, where uh, can our listeners watch my young auntie? Yes, and <laughs> so, on yep. a Twitch stream that's no longer running. Yes, so yeah. we'll, we'll 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 touch on that. So let's get to our housekeeping then. Uh, so you can watch my young auntie on Amazon. I'm diving for oh wait, uh, <laughs> not yet. Uh, the so it's available. It is available on Amazon Prime Video. So if you have a if you have Amazon Prime, then you already have access to it, and you can watch it for free. Um, they they have the original language with the subtitles there. I uh, the the you can also. The I, the DVD is apparently still available, which has the dub. If you really want to go, right? That route. I think that's the version that was streamed, right? Yes, yeah, so I like, think that's what we had watched originally. Dragon, Dragon Dynasty or something. So, uh, you know, you can you can still get the DVD even, but uh, yeah, so you can watch that on Amazon. It's also uh, that and 
a lot of the other Shaw Brothers movies are on Amazon as well as on YouTube movies I saw. So like I oh, think sure. you can buy or rent there um, for pretty cheap on YouTube movies. I don't know how YouTube movies works or if it's any good, but it is a thing that's there. So, uh, you know, again, a lot of most I'm not going to say most people, but a lot of people have already have Prime, in which case you can just watch it for free. So that's probably the best way to do it. Right. Um, OK, so there's that. Uh, as far as us, you can read all our content. You know, we're not clearly not doing anime anymore. Uh, right. We're going to read all of our uh, Kung Fu content now uh. on on uh, the, at theglorioblog.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. Uh, you know, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast uh, on all of our various places that we are at, like Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or just, you know, subscribe to the RS, RSS, whatever you want to do. And also on YouTube. We post everything on YouTube, so you can uh, subscribe there as well. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this first episode. And I guess we'll catch everybody next time. Did we really just record? This is not really an April Fool's joke anymore because we just kind of recorded 90 minutes in <laughs> entire earnestness about <laughs> a, a legitimate Kung Fu movie. podcast. Uh, like, they could just watch the movie, dog. Like, yeah, and the time and the amount of time they spent listening to this, you could have just watched my young auntie. So, you I know. mean, you guys have gone out to 90 minutes on your podcast for three episodes. So, technically, you could also watch <laughs> Legend of the Galactic Heroes in the same time that you guys uh, talk about it. Well, so when, taken, when, when but... we get that, how do we get tangents about Henry Kissinger? <laughs> yeah. So, all right, that'll do it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. My job is done. Judy's finished. I, I, I can die now. Brother, brother, you can't leave me now. Brother, brother. Brother!